Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good evening, fight fans. You are listening to another Rad Legion Broadcasting Alternative Commentary. This time for Jose Zapata versus Josue Vargas, brought to you by Top Rank Boxing on ESPN+. Joining me this evening is your coverage god of... You forgot to refer to the promoter. Of top rank as Hall of Fame boxing promoter, Mr. Bob Arum, whenever you introduce top rank. Fair enough. That voice you hear correcting me, as he always does, is, of course, Robert Winfrey of 401mania.com, who cleaned up uh, some early MMA coverage today. Which, by the way, it wasn't in another country. Why was it in the middle of the day? It wasn't in another country. Oh, what was? Where was it? They were in Abu Dhabi. Oh, were they on on Fight Island or something? Yep. They're in Abu Dhabi which is a city in the United Arab Emirates. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, they, but they didn't go where they normally would fight. They, they fought, like, when they, when, before, when they were crowds, um, they didn't fight there. They fought on Fight Island, didn't they? Uh, I think they've always used the Etihad Arena since they've been going there. Okay. Anyway, how did your fight go today? Really good card. Uh, there was only a couple of, there's only one real dud, and that's to be expected from heavyweights because they suck. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, look, the rest of October sucked for the UFC by and large. So this card and next week's card could be awesome. And it's been a long slog, but thankfully UFC 267 largely delivered in terms of action. One fight of the year contender, one feel good moment if you still have a heart, and largely at least watchable if not gr- if not good to great action top to bottom. All right, well, the I- exception of heavyweights because heavyweights suck. As the fighters enter the ring, uh, here's your preview. Zapata, 34-2 and with 21 KOs, unbeaten in five bouts. It's a tight majority decision loss to then WBC world champion Jose Ramirez in February of 2019. The slick boxing Zapata, as Top Rank tells us, participated in the 2020 fight of the year, knocking out Ivan Baranchik, which uh, I believe that was on the Tyro Woodley um what's-his-face, uh, Jake Paul fight, in the fifth round of a bout that featured eight total knockdowns. He returned in May on the Josh Taylor Ramirez undercard and outboxed Hamron Hank Lundy over 10 rounds. Zapata 
hopes a win over Vargas leads to a Ramirez rematch or perhaps a crack at undisputed King Taylor. I Vargas. Don't, I don't ahead. think you're correct about Zapata and Baranchik. Wasn't that from 2020? Maybe. Um, I know Baranchik fought. I know Baranchik fought on that card. It might have been somebody. Yeah, else. he didn't fight. No, he didn't fight. I'm pretty sure the fighting question was from 2020. It was a great fight. Yes, but it it was not on the Paul and Woodley card. I I miss I conjoined two different events together. Uh, Vargas earned nineteen and one nine KOs. Earned his nickname as a Wunderkin uh, in the Bronx, Ugh, where he compiled. Steve a, Weisfeld is judging this fight. Why is that jackass still employed? A seventy-two and eight amateur record and won six New York City Metro championships. Apart from a controversial disqualification loss early in his pro career. Vargas has been near perfect. He fought twice in 2020 inside the MGM Grand Bubble, notching wide point wins over Salvador Brinceno and Kendo Castaneda. He last fought April 24th in Kissimmee, Florida, and turned back the awkward challenge of Willie Shaw over 10 rounds. And so that's your top rank briefing on this fight. Uh, this fight's being contested uh, in 10 rounds. And in theory, <laughs> uh, Jose Zapata is defending the WBC silver lightweight, light welterweight, rather, light welterweight title for whatever that's worth. All right, so... Um, it's not even worth the material that's used to make up the belt. No, it's not, but that's, you know, just, you know, in case anyone cares, that's what's allegedly on the line here. Um, this is a showcase fight, this being, you know, he's, he, Jose Zapata being the uh, A-side on the top-ranked card. This is obviously for better purses and titles down the line, uh, as we were just talking about. So how do you see this fight breaking down? What's your analysis? I don't really have analysis for this one, uh, as far as pre-fight analysis goes. Look, for those of you who want a little behind-the-scenes thing, Mark said, hey, your UFC card ends early, right? How about boxing? And I went <laughs> against my better judgment and personal interest. Sure. He said, great, here's two fights. Choose one. I went, well, I've got access to this one, so let's go for that. You don't have access to Showtime? No. Okay. I was wondering what well, majors... I do oh, not what... have I do not have legal access to Showtime. That I have the internet. Wide. <laughs> Which okay. I do not and I certainly do not encourage piracy. It's a terrible thing. The the economics of putting on events like this are a lot thinner, especially when it comes to boxing events, than you might think. So please support the promoters and the fighters in that particular respect, people. Um, what do you know about Jose Zapata? Not much. Uh, he's bordering on journeyman territory. They're kind of ho- they're kind of hoping he's going to be able to pull out the win here. He's actually a slight underdog, uh, according to some of the odds that they were showing earlier to Zapata to uh, Vargas. So. We have a very competitive fight here. Anytime you get a boxing match where the odds are less than two to one, you've got something fairly close as far as the odds makers can tell. All right. Well, uh, no long intro this time. Both guys got in the ring and we got, we're pretty much getting started here. Everyone's clearing the ring out. We're getting final instructions. Yeah. It's nice to actually, when I did this, uh, I think it was last week with Daniel Lasby and we did the uh, the Shaker Stevenson, uh, Jamel Herring fight. It felt like it took forever for them to get started. And here we go. Who doesn't love pomp and circumstance? Both gentlemen (laughs) fighting Southpaw. Which makes things just very, very awkward. Because you you spend so little time training Southpaw versus Southpaw. I was going to say, when you fight... When you have two Southpaws fighting against each other, isn't there a lot of stepping on people's feet? Uh, That's more... 
that's a little bit more when you're um, open stances, so southpaw and orthodox. Mm. This is just awkward because, I mean, you have to think about it. If you're an orthodox fighter, you spend 90% of your time mm. orthodox to orthodox and a little bit, and, you know, 10% orthodox to southpaw. So if you're a southpaw, you spend ninety, you spend you know, more than ninety percent of your time southpaw to orthodox, and just very, very rarely any time southpaw to southpaw. It's just so Vargas is starting off hot and heavy here. He has really been laying it into Zapata, throwing a lot of jabs, throwing a lot of hooks. He's going to the body. Uh, Zapata a little bit more tense. Well, there's a knockdown. <laughs> okay, you're. I guess you're ahead of. Oh, Jesus Christ. You're right. Yeah, just yeah. You're like you're like ten to fifteen seconds ahead of me. Oh, hit the, hit the live button. We're almost like that. Very nearly was stopped. The ref is taking a good look at that. But yeah, no, I'm watching it. I'm watching it on my trouble. iPad. So whatever it is you're watching it on, it, it's just like a brief delay between the two of us. Yeah, just my that the difference between my computer and your iPad. You know, just a couple of seconds, depending on how we buffer. Mm-hmm. As uh, Vargas is in Sir. Oh, we're we're done. We're done. Zapata just stopped him in the in the corner. Just never let oh, him recover. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, he beat him. Wow, he beat him in the corner like uh, like this is personal. Wow. Now well, he's very quick. happy to he's very happy to have a belt that means very little. <laughs> it took us longer to talk about your UFC fight and. What happens when both guys fight southpaw than the actual fight itself? <laughs> That's great. We haven't had one of those. Do you remember ways back we did the um, Ryan Garcia Francisco Fonseca fight and it lasted so such a short amount of time that we just shot over to I think it was Showtime at the uh, at that night and we did the Thomas Matisse Isaac Cruz uh, St Valentine's Day massacre fight. I know uh, this because I just did vaguely. the graphic on it for for for, for um W two M. Uh, vaguely. And yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's what happens when you get something that just you know, goes very, very quickly. <laughs> okay, well, not a lot to talk about here. <laughs> uh, and again, you get a little bit, you get Southpaw versus Southpaw, and you're just not really used to that. You know, Vargas saw a little bit of success swinging the overhand early. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for him, Zapata got a pretty good read on that and started cl- and just cleaned his clock. I think it was a right hook. Mm-hmm. Nice little check right hook, as Zapata was as uh, Vargas was coming in swinging that end. I mean, the ref could have stopped it after that one. He dropped like you know he got stabbed, <laughs> just down face first. But he got up. All right, sure, I'll let you continue. And then Zapata just jumped all over the poor man and beat him like the proverbial government mule. Yeah, that was rough. Short, rough night. All right. Well, well, by contrast. <laughs> Short, easy night for Zapata. <laughs> yeah, really. I don't think he broke a sweat tonight. Yeah, he's sweating, but he's sweating more from the warm-up than from the fight. So, does he? you think he gets the title fight next? I don't know who the champion at 140 or so is. Um, yeah, I can find out for you. You keep talking. Sure, go ahead. Let's see which who, who's holding some belts at 140 pounds. Okay. I think they're 140. Light. You said light, you said, uh, light welterweight? I did. Uh, 140-ish, somewhere in that range. All right. Current world champions at uh, light welterweight. Uh, Josh Taylor has them all. Well, he, hang on. He's got... Uh, Josh Taylor has the... Oh, uh, my IBS. correct... Sorry. My mistake. That was a clean left that he dropped him with that first knockdown. Just 
stepped in and yeah you can see Vargas's hands drop a bit as he engages and that's a real bad thing to do against somebody with power and Zepeda has power does all right so um right now Josh Taylor has the IBF WBA presumably super WBC and WBO because uh Javante Davis Javante Davis has a WBA regular championship um yeah, Davis, I think Davis just won that. Yeah, we covered that fight earlier this year, if I remember. Yeah, I, I'm, I, we, I believe we did. I'm just trying to, I was just trying to remember exactly. If it's the regular one, then yeah, that's the one he just won. They wouldn't be holding, they wouldn't be giving him, you know, in absentia status as he moved up. Um, oh, you know, I, no, I'm thinking of, De- I'm thinking of Devin Haney. Never mind. Well, we, we covered a Javante Davis fight too. Like we've done both. So, mm-hmm. Um, I think double check for me. Does Javante Davis have a fight coming up? I think he does. Javante Davis, yes. Yeah. Just, uh, December fifth, he's defending his regular lightweight title against Rolando Romero. Oh yeah, Roly Romero. He's gonna murder Roly Romero, man. <laughs> like Roly's gonna do his, an amusing job of trying to promote that, and he's gonna swing hell for leather for a little bit, but. Tank Davis is going to send that man to sleep with the fishes. That is going to go so badly. That's going to be a Showtime uh, pay-per-view, by the way. Well, if he's defending his lightweight title, he'll be dropping back to 135. Yeah. Um, um, so if Zepeda wants a real shot or becomes a mandatory, it will be something involving Josh Taylor. And sure, I could see that being made. Let's see. Uh, Josh Taylor. Has, yep, Josh Taylor is fighting Jack uh, Catterall and he will be defending all of his belts on February 26th, 2022. My, my hunch at the moment as we currently sit here would be to favor Taylor. Taylor's a pretty good fighter. Mm-hmm. So, well, we might get Taylor and Zepeda. That's going to come down to what Gervonta Davis wants to do. Mm-hmm. If he, you know, if he smokes Romero and decides he wants to spend more time at 140 instead of 135, which given how, tough a weight cut 135 is for him does seem like something of an inevitability he might jump the line but that'll depend on the sanctioning bodies and you know what they want to do but given the i mean no offense intended at all to jose zapeda gervonta davis is much bigger it's much bigger box office so all right uh well now our next fight that we're doing uh you won't be on that one because you have ufc coverage and that's going to take all night um maybe it'll end in Maybe it'll end in time for you to catch it, but you're not going to be on the broadcast with us. That'll be myself, Chris Bailey, and Daniel Lasby uh, in the three-man commentary booth for Canelo versus Caleb Plant for all the marbles. We'll be doing alternative commentary for yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's the last of, what, 168, I seem to recall, super middleweight? Yep, that's it. That's for that's for all the uh, all the belts. Um, right yeah, now... Plant, Plant has the last belt that Canelo doesn't have at that weight class. Um, right now, we don't have anything scheduled necessarily beyond that. There's um, the th- weekend of the 13th. There's a kid Galahad versus Kiko Martinez fight on DAZN, but I'm 90% certain I'll be out with my wife <laughs> during that. That seems um, like a much better use of your time. Uh, in the evening on Showtime, we have Dan- David Benavidez versus Jose. Oh, uh, help me. U Z C A T. How do you pronounce that? I have it's- no idea. 
God, <laughs> you're in your one of your moods tonight. Uh, no, I look. Where's he from? Utskotgwe, I think it's it's something like that. I don't know. It's a bizarre pronunciation. Anyway, they're fighting on Showtime at nine o'clock, but that's um, I think around the same time as also the New Japan um, Battle of the Valley pay per view. So, oh, you know what? I now I remember why I wasn't doing anything that night because that night is full gear from AEW. So that's what I'll be doing. Um, and then. Uh, the 20th is the Terrence Crawford Sean Porter fight. Um, I know I know you're probably covering UFC that day. You're gonna try to catch that as well. Uh if at all possible, Bud Crawford is usually someone worth watching. His he's a tremendous talent. What day did you say that was? The, that 20th, was the 20th of yeah. which month? The next one. November? Yes. Yeah, I'd rather watch Bud Crawford. But the UFC is but the UFC is having a fight night headlined by Ketlin Vieja and Misha Tate. Um, and that, so, that's uh, you think that'll go that'll go. Uh, well, I mean, no, hang on. I figure with the pay per view that, that they got to get in the ring at what eleven o'clock, twelve hang midnight. On. Bud's uh, Bud's an ESPN fighter. Mm-hmm. And they tend to. The UFC's a bit accommodating of not running up against that stuff. They might go earlier in the day for that. I don't know for sure. Okay. So they might you, just go, oh, God, that is not a good card. All right. So if you're watching it, we'll probably cover, uh, we'll end up covering that one too. If the timing um, works out, yeah. I Again, Terrence Crawford is uh, um, one of the best, fi- one of the best boxers in the world. I know we're supposed to be recording like Disney trivia, but I can't imagine Disney trivia is going to go over into to where it's going to conflict with the pay per view main event. So. Um, and then, of course, uh, Robert will be joining you me. You say on... that now. <laughs> Robert will be joining me on November 19th to cover Demetrius Boo Boo Andre. I'm not. Jason. Mark, why? <laughs> why do you lie to the people? Um, Demetrius Andre, one of Robert Winfrey's favorite fighters. Please stop lying to the people, Mark. <laughs> yeah, hang on. Hang on, bud. All right. So we got a, we got a question here. So, so, we might as well talk to the people. Sure. Hello, um, people. Mark's been lying to you. <laughs> All right, so there's a question. Who's the best fighter alive? What do you think? Ooh. If we're talking purely boxing, uh, skill for skill? I mean, Canelo's kind of the default answer. He's one of the most skilled guys. You could maybe argue, if we're talking pound for pound, you might argue Usyk. Uh, If we're talking across all combat sports, the answer gets a little bit muddier. I think I'm going to go on, on limb here and say Mr. Gorilla Mafia was asking about boxing since that's what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, I assume so. So limiting the discussion to boxing, if we're just talking skills, uh, kind of pick your poison between uh, Alexander Usyk, Canelo Alvarez, or Bud Crawford is kind of my... Uh, immediate thoughts on that particular okay. subject. I would say gun to my head if I had to pick between the three of them. Um, it would. I think the first out of the three, first eliminated is Bud Crawford, and then it's just down between Usyk and Canelo. You do uh, not give Bud Crawford the credit he deserves, just for the record. Fair enough. Um, I don't know. I, I think my hesitancy in saying it's Canelo is level of competition the you know the the amount of gift decisions that we've made fun of since we've been doing these over the years <laughs> versus alexander Usyk, who was the undisputed cruiserweight champion then came up to heavyweight and just beat 
what was nearly the undisputed heavyweight champion uh, and, and a fairly lopsided technical victory. I, I tend to favor Usyk for that reason. If the answer, if the question is who's the best fighter alive in terms of throw any two men in the ring and who am I picking to win every time, the answer is Tyson Fury. Like, as, a, as a matter of purely practicality. Right. Well, yes, but if you throw Tyson Fury in there with Shakur Stevenson, sure. But, yeah. you know. Well, again, that's the other way. That's the other way to consider the answer to the question. Like, mm. again, if you go skill for skill, there's a handful of guys who are extraordinarily skilled. You know, I, I suppose I would be remiss not to mention, if we're talking skills, uh, the monster, Naoya Inoue who is yeah. a, an amazing, amazing boxer. And for a guy his size has fists like canned hams and just <laughs> I mean, the guy started at, I think, like 108, give or take, mm-hmm. uh, and has fought up. He's uh, in, he's 120 or 125 at the moment, I forget, so forgive me. And is just smashing people. Well, back to what I was saying before. If we get another comment here before we decide to close up for the night, at this point, we're just kind of you know, bullshit and killing time. So this is worth. So this is worth reposting at a later date. Um, so yeah, Robert Winfrey's favorite fighter is Demetrius Andre, and he'll Please be fighting. Stop lying to the people. Jason Quigley on DAZN. Demi- for the record, for the record, Manchester, New Hampshire. Demetrius Andre is not even my favorite boxer in his weight class. <laughs> I I think we should. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get. I might have to send Daniel a free subscription to DAZN uh, just just to have someone cover that with me. I feel like why feel like do you I, want? Hang on, why do you want to cover it? I I feel like we, we covered that one fight against Luke Keeler, and now I'm obsessed with Demetrius Bubu Andre. You and are need, the and only continue, one, and, and I keep you and care I feel more like document his career. You care more about his career progression than his manager does. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Um. So remember yeah, when, which, you remember when he showed up to a Canelo post-fight presser and went, "Why are you ducking me? Why are you afraid of Boo Boo?" And Canelo went, "Who the hell are you?" <laughs> Canelo went, "Who? Get out of here!" You Why is nobody. this homeless man trying to get in the ring with me? <laughs> get out of here, you nobody with no belt and no. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So Boo Boo. Uh. We'll uh. We'll have. We'll put something together. If you're out there listening and you're like, "Hey, this seems like it's a it's a fun thing to do," you know. Alternative commentary. Look, there's there's a position open for you for Demetrius Andre fight. Anyway, um, back to Crawford versus Sean Porter. Who do you like in that one? I like, to the shock of no one, I like Bud Crawford. I think Sean Porter's a little bit on the downside. Mm -hmm. And that shouldn't be too much of a shock, but he's still very, very good. Uh, I think very, very highly of Bud Crawford. His timing is impeccable. His ability to switch hit. He's one of the best finishers in boxing right now. He does. If he gets you hurt, man, you don't have a prayer. He does not yeah. let you off the hook. He's a good. So between timing, being a good power puncher, having good finishing instincts, very, very solid technically. Uh, I, I think he's one of the best boxers in the world. See, so yeah, I favor him over a slightly aging Sean Porter. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we can get, I think this is the last fight. This will be the last fight on uh, Crawford's deal with top rank, which has become acrimonious over his last couple of fights. Okay. He want look, Bud Crawford wants to fight the best guys in his weight class. Most of the best guys in his weight class don't fight for top rank or on ESPN. So he's stuck on the outside looking in of, 
uh, of guys like Devin Haney and most notably Errol Spence. Uh, the, look, Bud Crawford and Errol Spence are the fight everyone wants to see. If you've got half a pulse and been paying even moderate attention to boxing over the last three years, this is one of those fights that everyone wants, but because of the politics related to boxing and how it's set up, hasn't been able to be made just yet. So uh, we'll see what happens, but my my sincere hope is we get that fight sooner rather than later, and that would be an excellent, excellent bout. Um, after that, uh, that is November 20th, as I said. Um, the following week, it's Thanksgiving weekend. We've got Tiafima Lopez on the 27th, which... which Finally. <laughs> yeah, my Finally. Cousin, this had more movement than half the movies we saw this year from 2020. Boy, look, uh, this is what happens when some... When a couple of morons, like the people in charge of Triller, decide that, hey, we'll get into boxing and we'll pay almost a 2x multiple of what everyone else is bidding for this fight between Teofimo Lopez and his poor mandatory challenger. And then we'll <laughs> spend nine months jerking everybody around over making it because we can't make money off of this the way it's set up and then we'll forfeit our 1.2 million dollar deposit that will be split between the fighters and it'll go to the next highest bidder um what's your what's your week what's your day look like um for Tiafima lopez and uh george cambosis are you I, I know you're doing a ufc fight but do you think that'll end in time to cover uh the zone fight uh what date is that that would be the 27th of november yes there is no UFC event the 27th of November. They're taking that one Robert, because of its proximity to Thanksgiving. Robert Winfrey and I will be providing alternative commentary. Do not, do not <laughs> lie to the people, Mark. For Tiafima Lopez, you're going to watch it. You might as well put your pretty face on you you know, know, streaming. I don't know that I well, I don't need to see Teofimo Lopez kill a pig hostage before he moves up to 140. <laughs> So Robert and I will document the execution of uh, Cambosis on that's... November twenty seventh. That's that. So that so it's competition that night, such as it is, is Brandon Figueroa, Mister. Um, oh gosh, uh, Heartbreaker. That's the one. Heartbreaker. Brandon Figueroa will be fighting Stephen Fulton on Showtime that night. Yeah. <laughs> you don't seem to care. All right. And then December 4th, um, the only thing I have on my calendar right now, there may be more added, but between now and then, I think we have an, this is a rematch. This fight was, I actually watched this on Fight when it uh, initially occurred during the day. This was Lyndon Arthur versus Anthony Yard. Um, and this is a BT Sport event, which. You did that live just because you wanted to say Yard like that repeatedly. <laughs> yard. Didn't I do that with you? Yeah, I, or we, we were planning on it. I think that, I think that was something like I, that. I feel like that was a day where you were off doing like martial arts or something and couldn't get home Could have in been. time for Anthony Yard. Um, well, sorry for not making time for Anthony Yard and his misadventures. <laughs> uh, in December, I believe there, um, have a whole lot on the calendar just yet. December 18th, there's a couple of things going on. Oh, yeah, just announced Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury right here in my in my home city of Tampa Bay, Florida. It's going to be at the Amelie Arena, which is where the Lightning play. Uh, I might actually try to get tickets for that. My my wife and I are thinking about going. If not... Said, you said the 18th? Uh, yeah, the 18th of December. It's a busy wow. boxing day. So we have Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. We have Josh Taylor versus... Uh, 
I have it as December 18th. But didn't I just say Josh Taylor Catterall was not happening until February? That might that might be erroneously listed and has been postponed but not updated, depending on what site you're using. And then on DAZN, we have Joseph Parker versus, versus Derek Chisora. And then I think that's going to do well, it. Over on the UFC side of things, that same day, we have a fight night headlined by Derek Lewis and Chris Dawkins. <laughs> I just... I just felt you die a little inside having to read that out loud. Co-main event of Cub Swanson and Darren Elkins. Um, it's not in the, that is not an especially deep or compelling card as it currently sits. Uh, let me take a quick look here. Yeah. Right. Oh, God. There's three heavyweight fights on that card, including the main event. So if you're out there and you're listening and you're like, hey, we've heard, you know, not, not this one. This one was over before it really began. But if you've heard of other alternative commentaries before and you're like, hey, we, you know, want to hear your thoughts on such and such fight, let us know. Um, you can let us know in the comments here. Uh, I check them pretty frequently. Or you can get a hold of either one of us on – Rob doesn't have his Twitter up. He's I active on Twitter, especially if I'm on Twitter yeah. saying something. Then Robert's on Twitter arguing with me about said thing look my twitter um, is my twitter is just usually up and because i follow you your stuff always appears near the top of my feed and since i don't follow a tremendous amount of people you tend not to get lost in the shuffle so my ability to good-naturedly troll you remains firmly intact <laughs> so if you have any um if you if you have any thoughts on our boxing coverage something you want us to cover i i seriously if you want robert to cover demetrius boo boo andrade on zone and continue to document his career, please hit him up on his Twitter. He's at Winfrey MMA. Yep. <laughs> Hang that on. That is my Twitter handle. At Win Winfrey MMA. There we go. And boom. Um, now you're going to have to highlight your own comment. Yep. There it is. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that now on all of our shows just to be a jerk. Uh, yeah. So, you can reach us there on Twitter. For those of you watching on any number of the other feeds, whether it's uh, Facebook or what have you, um, send a comment to us there. Chat us up. We'd love to hear your thoughts on boxing or MMA and you know whatever else you might want to hear from us on. All right. In the meantime, we dropped enough with the boxing. We've almost at the 30-minute mark here for a fight that didn't get out of the first round. Didn't so, get out of the first two minutes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, time to start closing up shop. We dropped shit tons of content today on the site. Um, we dropped our trivia uh, for the month of October, which focused on horror movies. That was hosted by Alexis Haina and Jesse Starcher. Um, Jeff Sloboda of the MCU well, Leading Edge was on that. On. Minor news also in the boxing realm. Mm -hmm. Apparently in similar fashion, uh, Boots Ennis, Jerron mm -hmm. Boots Ennis just obliterated Delorme in one minute too, in like in the first round. So this is an exciting night of boxing. Everyone's going down in uh, in chaos. Um, all right, so the top the top of the week, we re-aired our two part Paranormal Activity: Long Road to Ruin. Um, did the first four movies, broken up over two shows. Uh, myself and Ronnie Adams reviewed the last duel. Uh, we also have uh, Jamel Herring versus Shakur Stevenson, alternative commentary in the archives now. Myself and Chris Bailey reviewed WWE Crown Jewel, um, reviewed Donnie Darko for its 20th anniversary. Jesse started his six-part Rise of the Midnight Sun series on the March towards Halloween. The last part goes up shortly tomorrow on Halloween Day. 
Um, myself, David Wright, and Robert Winfrey reviewed the new Dune 2021 movie. Um, this past Wednesday, myself, Jesse Starcher, and Robert Cooper reviewed Halloween's new self-titled album, which came out in June. Uh, myself and Robert Winfrey did a split seven-inch on Gem and the Holograms and Paranormal Activity the Ghost Dimension a few and years Mark, back. When and those Mark had out. to explain to me what a split seven-inch was. <laughs> yes. I've had to explain that to a few people. I'm old. Um, and used to work in the music business. By that, I mean I work for, in a record store. Um, What's a record? Exactly. <laughs> Myself and Gavin Napier uh, reviewed Ted Lasso Season 2. <laughs> Last night might have been the strangest podcast I've ever done. A drunk it's up Pat, there. A it's drunk up Pat there. Colin and a drunken Jason Teasley and I talked the show you. Oh, and for the record, you weren't exactly sober. I was drinking... I was drinking alcohol. I was not in any way. I didn't say you were drunk. I said you weren't sober. <laughs> I yes, I had, I had bourbon. My wife brought it to me, and she even did the little, you know, the cute, you know, binded knee, binded ankle walk when she gave it to me. I made her do that. I was like, you have to. I was like, I'm gonna be on camera with Pat and uh, Jason. You have to, you have to be on camera giving me a drink and then like going away. <laughs> All right then. Uh, someone's not thrilled with my antics. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. So, um, where was I? Oh, yeah. So anyway, myself, Jason Teasley, and uh, Pat Mullen reviewed You Season 1. And we'll, I guess we'll all be back for You Season 2 the end of November. Myself, and, and finally, myself and Alexis Haina reviewed, did a triple feature for Scooby Meets Courage, Muppets Haunted Mansion, and uh, My Little Pony, The Next Generation, raw, raw, or an angry mob. Uh, tomorrow for Halloween, we've got uh, Power Rangers on a Nightmare on Elm Street. We've got our re-airing of Trick or Treat Reanimated, which was a cover album by an Italian power metal band. That's fun. And then just Sounds announced, like a good time. Limp Biscuits actually dropping an album in just in 15 minutes. As a matter of fact, it'll be available. <laughs> Uh, they're dropping it on Halloween. It's called Still Sucks. Limp Biscuit Still Sucks. I'm very excited yeah, about it. So that's we're been doing... that's been true since I was in middle school. So we're gonna do an impromptu review of Limp Biscuit Still Sucks Halloween night after after Jesse and I take the kids trick or treating and put them to bed. We'll get together uh, with Robert Cooper. We'll review Limp Biscuit Still Sucks. Um, we've got Eternals by Neil Gaiman. Uh, we'll have a review of Last Night in Soho, uh, a review of Paranormal Activities Next of Kin. Have you watched that yet? Oof. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Oof was right. Uh, a review we'll of talk. Min- yep. A review of Ministry's new album, Moral Hygiene. Pat and I will wrap up our Dark Side of the Ring Season 3 coverage. And uh, then Robert and I will cap the week off with three of the big Oscar winners or nominees from this past year. We're going to do a triple feature on Nomadland, Mank, and The Father. How about that? Well, that will... That will be some kind of discussion, I imagine. (laughs) The only person on Earth who likes film but didn't like Nomadland. Um, It'll be fun. It'll be a fun discussion. All right, what do you... I've I've got my... Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about Nomadland. I I got thoughts. What do you got going on? And then we'll get out of here. 
Well, I cover mixed martial arts and professional wrestling for 411 Mania, so if you're interested in my takes on those particular activities. I cover AEW's Dark Elevation on Mondays, MLW's Fusion Alpha on Wednesdays, and Friday Night SmackDown on Fridays. So you can find those in the Wrestling Zone of 411 Mania. I covered UFC 267 earlier today. I will cover UFC 268 on Saturday. And if you're interested in my more in-depth thoughts on mixed martial arts and some of the combat sports space more generally, I host the 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast every Sunday. This week, so tomorrow at some point, will be a review of UFC 267 and a preview of UFC 268. So please do give that a listen. If you are so inclined, I deeply appreciate it. Thank you all very much. If you're listening to us here, please like, comment, subscribe. If you're watching our Twitch feed, please follow. Follows are free on Twitch, so give it a follow. And continue to support our work. We deeply appreciate all of you, even those of you who come by to just randomly insult Mark. Yeah, that's no, my, I, I don't, don't, don't look. That's my thing. Don't, <laughs> don't infringe on my gimmick. <laughs> I don't appreciate that. All right. For Robert Winfrey, I'm Mark Radelitz. This has been an alternative commentary, such as it was, on Jose Zapata versus Josue Vargas. Be well, be safe, and behave. <laughs>